Hello, that's us live. Hello. How good are morning you? for me. Good, good evening good, for you. Good morning, good evening, good Thursday, good Friday. Thank you for joining so early. That's true. You're in the future. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, 7 a.m. It's usually the time I, I start okay. working anyway. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. So early stuff. I'm so impressed. 7 a.m. work and I'm normally rolling out of bed at that point. Maybe starting to get the dogs walked. I don't know. Working at 7. <laughs> yeah, we, we start early because my partner starts at 7 a.m. as well. So yeah, it's fine. Fair enough. So yeah. I respect I'm, that. I'm still sipping my coffee though. <laughs> All good. Got my e evening water, water in a gin bottle, but still just water nonetheless. Anyway, thank you so much for joining. Um, Tabata from Data Rocks. Would you like to maybe introduce yourself? Tell us who you yeah, are before sure. we go. Thank you. Sure, let's do it. Um, hello, everyone. You probably know me as T from Data Rocks on social media. My name is Tabata. Um, I started my own one girl band um, consultancy back in 2019 called Data Rocks. I do data visualization, often in Power BI, but I also work with Tableau, Illustrator, Figma, and some other tools, whatever comes my way, to be honest. Um, and I like helping people see and do more stuff with their data. Yeah, that's me. nice. That's a very nice introduction. And of course, data visualization is always going to be something that I can talk about for quite a long time. So I've been enjoying speaking to I've been looking forward to speaking to you, I should say. Um, yeah, so I love your website, by the way. It's really cool. Oh, I'm gonna. I I'll just. <laughs> oh well, it's a, an amazing job. Amazing. Oh, thank you, thank you. I. Uh, um, it took me a while because I basically had to learn from scratch how to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's very impressive. I gotta say, I really like. I mean, obviously the way it works and stuff, but the content of, of is of course what I'm talking about. Thank you, by the way, Jeff and Daniel, for joining. All these early oh, birds yeah. in New Zealand. I'm so impressed, right? Yeah. I love it. See, we're, we're, we're an early bunch. See, everybody. Will <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone goes to bed early in New Zealand, right? That's the thing. Because you have to oh, get up early in the well, morning. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for in small cities like I am. Um, yeah, everything closes at 8 p.m. anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, we'll see. Jeff's already having to go with you know, the order of your books. They should be ordered by height. I mean, um, as a very visual person, maybe they could be ordered in a different way, you know, by color. I don't um, know. I had them ordered in multiple ways. Uh, it's 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 an ever changing bookshelf. Yeah. Um, I right now they are ordering the order that I'm gonna write about them at the top. <laughs> ah, that's cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So so yeah, if you wanna know what's coming next, you can you can take a hint there. <laughs> Gonna take a but screenshot it's... and zoom in on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I usually, well, I I had them by color for the longest time because I really like the the graduation, especially the design ones underneath because yeah. they're all colorful. There's like yellow, mm. red, whatever. Um, then I did them by size. That's why you kind of have them a little going. Wee. Okay. Um, okay. But now like the that. the last bit is like, okay, I'm gonna write about these guys. <laughs> so it's so always it's... changing. It's a combination of order and chaos together. I like it. I can, I can. Exactly. <laughs> and there's also the ones that. that I like the most. Uh, I have favorites. So they kind of sit in the other shelf. Oh, okay. Like, themselves because they look really nice. <laughs> I realized that today you can tell like my the, the books that I use the most because they have the most coffee stains on them. And um, I wasn't sure if I should, I should tell Steve Wexler. Um, Steve Wexler. Wexler? Wexler. Steve Wexler, right? Um, Steve Wexler that his 
book is by far the most coffee stained because it's always right next to me. Just the you, big book of dashboards. The or? big yes, sorry, the big book of dashboards. Yeah, I right. should say yeah, yeah, just yeah. to to I couldn't steal all the ideas, which is say, what he said we should do. So I mean, come on. That's what the book's for. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. It's it, it, it's, uh, it's a book and a coffee mat. So I just lift the book up. The, the book's right there. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, my ones you can tell how much I've read them by the number of post-its they have or the little uh, okay. page markers. There's some of them that have page markers all around. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, there's something on the shelf that I was wanting to talk about anyway, so I'm pleased it's right behind your head there, up to, is your um, self-portrait. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't seen it, it's this guy here. Uh, so Ooh, I painted that. Yay. It's really very cool. And it's also <laughs> posted on from your website. And it's in the About section, right? Exactly. It's such yeah. a cool idea. Oh, and also, they had a blog post about it. I'm trying really hard to get all the, the links posted. I'm really bad at it usually, but I'm putting in a special effort here. Um, yeah. The Nightingale article, correct? Yes, yes. I wrote about that one for Nightingale. Because it, um, it was an experimental thing. Mm -hmm. So I had spent... I did it last year. I had spent the whole year with quite hard clients to work with okay. and they were very you know those very conservative corporate types mm, and they, right. they want everything kind of boxed in the exact same way and i produced a lot of dashboards for them and a lot mm. of reports for them but they all looked exactly the same yeah. and <laughs> one of the reasons why i started doing data visualization is because i like doing data in different ways i like mm. portraying data with different techniques or i like getting creative with it um so it got to a point where once i was finished with that i was like oh i need to do like the complete opposite mm. of because i need a I need a refresh i need a restart yeah. i need yeah. to do something that you know just just restarts my brain somehow Makes sense. <laughs> and i yeah. go away from the bar charts and the tables and the <laughs> yeah. i don't want to see them for like a month mm. <laughs> okay, but... That can so make sense. Sorry, that, that was my motivation, but I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, so, and usually creative projects start like that. Yeah. And the, the, the idea to create this came from yourself. Did you read about it or just, it was your idea to just to start doing it? Or? Um, there's a book that I've read a few years ago. I think I wrote about it already called Dear Data from okay. Stephanie Pozavec and Georgia Lupi. Mm -hmm. It is um, a book that introduces a concept called data humanism. So what they do is they do analog data visualization. They do data visualization as mm. art with mm. pen and paper. Uh, the concept behind your data was to, um, they met at a conference, but one of them lives in Europe, the other one lives in the US. Mm. So they started a friendship by writing postcards to one another. Um, and it, the postcards had basically no words. They had data visualization. Mm. So each each wow. week they would pick a thing. So mm -hmm. um, how many doors I've passed through? How many times I looked at the clock? How you know those types of things? That's and great. they would you know <clears throat> record all of them in a in a in a little sketchbook and then go through the process of how do I turn this into a visualization? <laughs> send on yeah. a postcard by hand um, with no tools, mm. and they have amazing things. They 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 That's did cool. like 
awesome, awesome um, visualizations. And they go through this very interesting process of kind of creating a visual language between the two mm. of them. Okay. So you know how Georgia likes to get um, inspiration from flowers and from nature. And then she's always like using little flowery shapes to repick wow. this stuff. And, um, and, and and Stephanie has a more structured way. And then you, you, you see like lots of um, postmodernism shapes, mm. like triangles and squares and you know circles and stuff like that. Um, so it's quite it's quite interesting to go through the book. Mm, and that always stayed with me. And then I was like, huh, what if I try to do something like that? But um, since I want to do this kind of myself, I'll mm. just do it about myself for myself. <laughs> Makes sense. And then, yeah. And then I went through the process of like, what will I record about myself? Like, will it be mm. something like movies I watch or how many songs I, you know, I collect vinyl. Well, I'm going to okay. do it about the bookshelf and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I was like, nah, I think, I think you know, as you go through the process, I'm like, I think I'll try. I don't like writing or talking about myself that much. I like talking about my work very much, not Fair. about me. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> So um, I was like, yeah, I think I'll just do that in a very abstract way then. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So it, it was a mishmash of inspirations. Um, mm. Then I was I was getting really into like early modernism artists like Kandinsky. Mm. Uh, and I just picked a bunch of early modernism stuff, um, put on a put on a mood board, and I was like, okay how do I talk about myself just with symbols and make mm. it make sense somehow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hard part, right? Yeah. And, and then that was born. Yeah. Really cool. I like the, 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 the article itself I mean, is very interesting and I really love the, the, the photographs of the sketches and your notepad and stuff to see you actually going through the process. Um, yeah, I just, I stumbled across it and I really enjoyed it. And I just wanted to bring it up now because it was just, it was also quite interesting because I, I'm very bad at art, like really terrible. The only thing I can draw is like cartoon faces. And the one thing I always bring up is that one of my ex-girlfriend from, from a long time ago, she described my, my artist, artistic ability as worryingly childlike, <laughs> which <laughs> I think I can't deny it just the way it is. Um, but this is really great. But what I, one of the reasons I was thinking about again, just recently is because I think for the first time about a week ago, I was looking at a magazine. It was my wife's, um, like, uh, interior design magazine. And there was a, mm. a page just of like different, I think, I don't know, it was like materials, like pattern materials. And it was the first mm. time I looked at something that wasn't on a computer about data visualization. I thought, oh, that's a really cool idea for data visualization, just from like a pattern that I saw. And it was really nice for the first time to have something that might, a, a thought, an original thought that might be in some way construed artistic, <laughs> you know? So I... Oh, but you know, art is so vast. There's you don't need to draw to do art, really. Um, if you can't draw, you can do anything else. Like if you can um, say if you, if if you if you got interested with the pattern stuff, mm. I don't know, cut some things out, some pieces of of um, fabric awesome. or or something that has a nice texture. Start collecting those stuff, yeah. and then suddenly you know some inspiration strikes you, <laughs> and then you turn that into an art piece, like. 
I can you imagine know, the, 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 yeah. the way you talk about data and the way you obviously you can see on your, your, your visuals, the way you do it and the way you enjoy to do it. It actually must be very tough for you to work corporate jobs where all the one is bar charts. That must be so hard. It is fine. It is fine because um, the one thing I like about doing dashboards for corporate clients mm. is the people part of it because it involves a lot of um, change management. So even though I know that I'm going to probably just rely on the templates I already have done mm. um, and the actual visuals are going to be rather quick to do, mm. um, there's really no challenge on the data viz part. There's yeah. other challenges that you have to deal with. <laughs> okay. There's like that's a challenge. There's um, okay. cleaning up stuff or they have requirements that you know, they just don't have the structure for. Or all the little trade-offs you have to do and you know the discussions you have to have with people, mm. understanding why they need this information. Sometimes they don't know why. <laughs> yeah. And you have to kind of dig it with them. And that that journey into helping people at the end look at a simple bar chart and go, ah, mm. <laughs> I, I like that process very much. That's nice. So I don't focus as much on okay, what I'm doing is very much just a bar chart or just a simple dashboard or something yeah. like that but there's the people part as well which yeah, is quite like yeah absolutely um, no um i was speaking to i think my boss a few days ago and i was talking about that part of the job being very person connected as well you know um it is it is fun um i would i would miss it if i had no no contact with anyone else being isolated or perhaps i don't know but i really like now being contacted with like people have questions because you understand what they're doing and what their challenges are and also makes you think about things in a different way, you know? So um, it is nice to have the people connection. Um, sorry, I'm going to bring up another one of Jeff's comments because I'm curious. I'm not sure if it was a, some kind of weird joke that I don't understand. Um, and while we're here and Jeff is here as well, Jeff, you should try Tableau. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that, I promise. Um, do you have a local um, art gallery in a place called Len Lai? Ah, uh, Lenly, yes, we do. Um, I live in New Plymouth, for those who don't know, that's in New Zealand. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a small town near a volcano, and it's really pretty here. You have the wow. sea on one side and the mountain on the other, which is mm -hmm. great. Um, and we do, it's a very artsy town. We have very lots cool. of festivals, we have lots of art galleries, and there's a very famous one called Lenly. Okay. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful building. Mm. Um, yeah. So thanks, Jeff. Um, your, your your trust on my art is uh, amazing. Yeah. This is like my only piece painted in watercolor ever. Like it was like my first and last so far. <laughs> Give it a couple of years. I'm sure they have plenty of yours on the wall. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah you, so. You'll have your own wing, you know. Oh. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so sorry, back to data visualization and whatnot. Um, so, but when you're, because you're, I mean, of course your blog is fo focused primarily on, on, on data visualization and stuff. Do you do with that with like then a variety of tools you use? You mentioned Tableau, of course, Power BI. Um, you mentioned the other day to me on Mastodon about learning D3. Yes, yeah. I'm with that one nice. uh it's something that i've always wanted to do i think that's mm. going to be my next creative project cool. yeah <laughs> um d3 is really nice because mm. it, it it goes more into programming which is something that mm. it's yeah. not really my jam that much mm. um 
but it's creative programming in a way because you can actually see the shapes you're creating and that's yeah. kind of exciting because yeah. you have like visual feedback for what you're doing with the code but i think it's a yeah. neat way of learning that <laughs> it's it's really fun i mean i mentioned that i kind of started doing it as well it would be something that i wanted to do for a while i just started doing it like two months ago maybe it's slow it's slow progress but i've understood more than i thought i would because mm. with the connections of you know, like SVG and the, the paths and it just, it was kind of, it was easier to kind of break down than, than I thought it would, it would be. So thus far, I'm somewhat happy, I'll say. How yeah. are you finding it? Yeah, it is, it is challenging, but um, I really like the way that it, I like the freedom of it. Because mm. um, working with a tool that comes with like, pre-established templates say like power bi you know that it kind of constrains you this is a bar chart it's gonna die a bar chart and if you want another chart you cannot do it with this template you need a different one um and with these three you start with a blank canvas so you can basically do anything i could create this in d3 probably at some point there's there's your first challenge yeah whoa yeah, right. <laughs> my first challenge will probably just be like create a couple of circles <laughs> i think i think i cheated when i made a square i was like yes yeah i was like hey, a circle <laughs> you know what it reminded me of like a really i'm not sure if you if you did this in school as well but for me in school in the early 90s late 80s whatever it was and um there was this like a, i think it was like a a robotic turtle or something and you put a pen in it and then you would write the coordinates on the turtle and then it would go across the paper and just oh. draw the lines so it was kind of about like you know um you know geometry because the angles and whatever maybe a bit of program i'm not sure but and then it would draw and for some reason i don't know why just d3 made me think about that i was like i'm yeah. i'm typing things in then i get a line it's kind of like that robot from the 90s yeah exactly yeah, it is. It is kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's kind of guided drawing. You know, yeah. you, you you kind of have to. It, it's like somebody speaking up your hand and going like, "Now you are on a screen, and this line <laughs> <how mine> goes." <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> how you turn this into a? Oops, not there. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's classic. But it's, are... but it's really fun. It's really fun. No. I, I I am excited, even though uh, with the amount of things I have to do right now, um, it is a slow progress. Yes. But I mean, it's going to take as long as it takes. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's nice to learn. I mean, the, the, the pros and cons. It's nice to learn something where there's no time pressure. You can just do it and there's no. But at the same time, I think I think I'm normally quite bad at that because I need the time pressure. So I'm just one of those annoying people that, you know, I learn the hard way i don't learn unless i like have to learn and otherwise it just kind of falls to the side so i think it would be nice at some point if i had a project where i could need to use d3 yeah, i was gonna say that the best way for me at least is to come up with something like even when i was learning tableau or power bi or whatever is i need a project and it needs to be a difficult one it can't be like the one that has mm. neat data from the get-go mm. you know <laughs> it has yeah. to be like a challenge like a bad data set or exactly. uh, you know, it has to be something that that pushes me extra because then i'll have to learn how this thing works yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah i mean 
not so important that you could potentially lose money if you don't learn it, but but just something where it's like, okay, for this reason. But actually, I just thought of something. I, I bought a URL about four or five months ago because I really want to start, I want to stop using the Power BI website and go change to like a different thing. And um, maybe I could have a set a deadline for that, like on the website that I need some kind of visualization and Ooh. I'll do that in D3. That's good. I yeah. think that's what I'll do, actually. If you could do an about me on D3. Exactly. See? Steal your idea. Love it. <laughs> oh, you're borrowing it. Stealing like an artist. Uh, <laughs> getting inspired by. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's probably not going to look anywhere near this one. So it's no, that'd be weird. <laughs> it's my self-portrait. Um, one second. Uh, I'll bring up this comment from Daniel because I'm going to read it. Uh, Vega uses... And August D3, it's a logical step to see how your work gets converted down to primitive SVG elements. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, actually. It's true. Yeah. Uh, there's also the thing that D3 exists, kind of exists from before um, the mm. big, big boom in BI tools. And a mm. lot of them borrow a lot of the concepts that D3 uses. And okay. if you know Tableau, you know Power BI, you know a few others. When you look at D3, you kind of go like, ah, so. That's where that came from. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's the same when you're learning ggplot as well. Um, you, you kind okay. of look at that and you go like, ah, so this is why things are structured this way. Because they're, yeah. they're very fundamental visualization processes in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of building blocks and you go building them from scratch. Mm. I think the I tools in general just thought, let's speed up that process. So that not everyone needs to learn how to code things from scratch mm. and kind of put a layer on top that makes it easier. Mm. Um, this is very obvious when you're using Tableau because then you just drag and drop stuff. But if you look under the hood, you can actually see a code that looks very similar to what day three would put out. Yeah. Um, I think Vega is the same. Deneb is kind of like that as well, in a mm. way. It borrows a lot from that kind of concept. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so tools, Power BI, Tableau, D3, all that kind of stuff. What's like been your path into like, where did you start from? I mean, how did you end up in data visualization? Did it come through? Was it Tableau first or was it nothing to do with those tools? And then it just, please, I'm so curious. Uh, it was Excel first. Ah, I am an right, Excel yeah. child. Right, right, right. That's fair. <laughs> I forgot about Excel. How could I? Oh, no, Excel, know, right? you know, there's going to be like the end of when, when the civilization ends. Only mm. a spreadsheet will remain. <laughs> you, you can count the cockroaches on the Excel spreadsheet. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, I first started with Excel. And my, my, my career path is far from being a linear thing. I could talk yeah. about it for hours. Yeah, it's please. I am from a social sciences background. Okay. I'm graduated in international affairs. Cool. Nothing to do with data whatsoever, but, um, and I always tell people that data visualization chose me as a career, not mm. the other way around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Once I started working, I realized that a lot of my job was trying to explain complex concepts to people. Mm. Um, and it started really with concept mapping. Like, mm. How can I get this very complicated thing and explain it in a simple way to somebody mm. who's never encountered this idea before? Um, and since I like drawing and I kind of have, you know, my, my design side, um, <clears throat> I started 
drawing stuff. So, you know, I, I was always the person that would go, oh, give me a spreadsheet and I'll, I'll chart what's in it. Mm -hmm. um, I'll try to figure it out for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that in every job I had. And naturally, my career progressed more towards, oh, she's the person who can do the PowerPoint slides. And then she's the person who can do the spreadsheets and make them make sense. And yeah. she's the person who can make charts out of it. And slowly, slowly, but surely, I ended up going further back into like, you know, being mm. friends with the IT people. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even though I, I basically came from the business side, um, mm. I worked several in several roles, supply chain roles, right. mostly with exports. Um, mm -hmm. Then there was shipping, then there was planning, then there was um, demand planning, SNOP, and all that great stuff. Yeah. And it's very data heavy and yeah. very spreadsheet reliant. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so I, I naturally ended up going, okay, I'm not going to stare into two million rows in a, in, a, in a spreadsheet. That's the max money can possibly get. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll try to chart this somehow and make sense of it. Um, my first actual job in a proper data role that had like data in the name, uh, I was an insight analyst, um, was in okay. 2016. Okay. And that's also when I started using Tableau. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. So you went from Excel to Tableau and yes, yes. And, um, Tableau rev revolutionized my career. It, it was just, it was so much easier than doing stuff on a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, just, it was just like, oh, I can do a lot of stuff now and I can mm. do them way quicker than I used mm. to. And I, I just fell in love with it. Then I, I started, you know, getting in touch with the community, going to the Tableau user groups, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and it went from there. So for three years, three and a half years, more or less, I was mm. like the, the biggest Tableau aficionado. <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah. And then and someone forced you to use Power BI and then you were just... No, it wasn't like that. No. <laughs> And this is why whenever I see somebody struggling with Power BI, I go like, ah, oh, poor thing. They, they mm. were like forced on it, right? Mm. Um, when I first started using Tableau, it was, it was the company's mandate. So had no idea. Everybody kind of started learning it together because they okay. were uh, uh, transitioning into a Tableau business, into mm. using Tableau. Um, it was nice because I saw an implementation from scratch and I saw what worked, what didn't work, learned a lot from it. Mm. Um, in 2019, I left that job and I started Data Rocks. And my first Data Rocks client was a Power BI client. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. So I I started Data Rocks not thinking in a tool in particular. Mm, um, I thought, well, I want to do data visualization. And at that mm. point, I was already curious about other ways of doing data vis. Mm. Uh, didn't really have much time because, you know, having a nine to five job, you can't really go out a lot unless yeah. you, you use your entire free time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I started DataWorks, I was like, I want to learn other tools as well. And this client popped up and initially was a short term contract. Mm -hmm. But I told them I never used Power BI. Well, I dabbled with it, but never really properly used it. And they said, fine, because we haven't either. And we're starting an implementation. We're transitioning okay. from business objects. Jesus Christ, they use the business objects as the reporting tool. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, they were transitioning to Power BI. So it was pretty much the same position I was in 2016 with Tableau, but with Power BI three years later. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I just dived in. I was like, okay, sure, let's learn this thing together then. Right. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And here yes. we are. <laughs> it, it's interesting that you made. You said it was fun. I, I see, like on social media, so many people who have used Tableau then they moved to Power BI, and they just really don't like it. And I have to also say, I used Power BI, then I used Tableau, and I also really didn't like it. I think it's just what you're used to, of course. You know, it's, it's like a muscle memory. Yeah, it is a mental model thing. Um, yeah. Both tools come from very different perspectives of what. Yeah. Dataviz is what Dataviz does, mm. um, how it works. If you are, if your entire mental model is geared towards one tool, mm. um, and you encounter another tool, things will not work the same way. So the sequence of steps that you have to take yeah. in your mind to make sense of things is mm. not the same, yeah. and then you get stuck because you're trying to use a hammer to screw in, uh, uh, you know, something that you should have a screwdriver for, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I remember when I f the first time I used the Tableau and I when I didn't like it, it was probably I don't know, say like two thousand eighteen maybe, mm -hmm. um, and I was like, yep, no, don't like it. I give it like you know all of one hour because I'm you know I'm so nice like that, and um, <laughs> I was just there. I was just playing around. I was like, how do I create a visual? I couldn't do like anything, but I mm -hmm. actually I tried it again only for the second time that um, that I tried, tried Tableau again about about three months ago, maybe less actually, just because I was interested in actually, you know, putting in the effort to actually see how things are done. And I can make a more, you know, informed comparison now. And also, since I used it the first time, I've used so many other tools for different things. I'm kind of, I think my, my, my mind is a bit more malleable than it yeah, was back yeah, you, then. You yeah. updated your mental models a little. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, it was actually, it was all right. I, yeah. I think I, I was surprised how easy it was to create a decent looking visual, you know? I mean, I only created like, I didn't like create a wonderful dashboard. I created just like individuals and kind of pulled them together and stuff. I mean, like eight or something, but I was like, okay. It's once you kind of get used to the controls, I was like, I, I get I get it, it's quite nice. So yeah, I can, I can, I can understand yeah. how there would be frustrations going from Tableau to Power BI that you have to do more to make it look good. Yeah. You know, it is. Yes. Um, and historically, well, they come from different places and they exist for different reasons. And I kind of dislike the comparisons that I often see because they go feature by feature. Yeah. Um, but that's not really fair because mm. both tools, if you're thinking on a data stack, both tools sit in a different spot mm -hmm. in that data stack. Um, you need to review your entire the entire way your data architecture works um, mm. to make the best either of one or the other. Mm. Um, I am often uh, often called to 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 help clients that are transitioning from tool A to tool B, you know, mm. uh, or from tool B to tool A. Yeah. And it's it's funny how they think they're just gonna plop one out and just plop the other one in, <laughs> yeah. and everything's just gonna work seamlessly because that's what. No, yeah. that's what they were sold. Hmm. Um, and it's anything but that. Hmm. Um, Power BI is very heavy on the backend stuff. Hmm. And I think people who either come from an Excel background and are more used to seeing data in tabular formats and um, or, or they come from an engineer background and rely a lot on data models, mm -hmm. they tend to have a much easier time learning 
Power BI, mm. yeah. uh, because the data visualization is templatized. So it's it's a template, mm. and it's kind of a lot of the decisions are made for the user. Mm -hmm. um, and Tableau comes from a data exploration side. Mm. It doesn't come from. It, it comes from the idea that you are a business person who's never dealt with data before, so you don't really have a mental model of what data should look like. Mm. Um, but you need something that's easy enough to drag and drop and put out a decent visual very quickly, yeah. or you just want to drag and drop stuff and explore a data set. I think mm. the, the iteration nature of Tableau is quite much easier than Power BI, yeah. because if you put something on your x-axis, something on your y-axis, that's your columns and your rows, you can change the mark types. You can make it be a line, mm. you can make it be a bar, you can make it be a dot. And, and in that, you're exploring your data set and you're finding different that's patterns. That's true, actually, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Tableau came from. But yeah. if you started using Tableau early, hmm. um, you see that the earlier versions or the earlier videos that they had were all kind of about that, like oh, yeah. connect your data set and explore what it looks like very quickly, hmm. which means that you don't have a static visual. You have a blank canvas and you just throw stuff at it and see what it spits out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that can be challenging if you're used to a more structured way of working with data. Hmm. And in a data stack, Tableau sits at the very front. It assumes that your data is already clean to use because you cleaned it outside of Tableau. Hmm. Um, Power BI was made by Microsoft for business environments, yeah. which means that they know that is messy in a business environment. Hmm. Um, so it sits differently because it sits halfway through um, the front part sends in the front end, which is the actual reports. Hmm. But you have a data modeling part and you have a data cleaning part which mm. means that you can consume messy stuff from other places, yeah. wrangle it, and then visualize in one tool. Yeah. Um, so it's way more businessy mm. than Tableau is. Tableau is kind of more creative exploration type of tool. But it's interesting that you mentioned that because I had a, I forget why I was thinking this the other day. Um, actually, it was today because I was doing documentation. That's why. And um, I realized I needed to stop writing Power BI because I, I realized this is not a Power BI training. It's a Power BI desktop training. And it made me realize mm -hmm. that, you know, when people make comparisons or talk about Power BI, nine times out of 10, they're actually talking about Power BI desktop. They're not talking about Power BI as a complete product. And yeah. this is- it, it is a whole platform, yeah. Yeah, and this is why also like um, you mentioned that, you know, comparisons and stuff. It tends to be a comparison usually between Power BI desktop and, and Tableau, what you can do in that particular part of the software. And um, I mean, generally speaking, that for me, those comparisons make no sense because as you say, you go to your own requirements, which one does it better? Pick it, there you go, done, finished. Um, to be honest, um, yeah. you can do, I have done the same stuff in both tools. It's just that the path you take to have the same results is very different. Yeah. Um, and this is where a lot of people struggle. Um, mm. if, if, you, if you have... If you have an environment that's like a Microsoft environment and it has all the backend tools as mm. well, and you have Power BI with it, now there's Fabric. Mm. Um, if you have all of that going, Power BI will make it much easier and much more, you know, much quicker for you to 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 consume that data and visualize that data in a way. Mm. Um, if you have an environment where you're using AWS or you're using Snowflake or you're using other backend stuff where you have a mishmash of tools, Tableau does a very good job in, in um, consuming that. 
So it's it's really it's really um, th there's really no direct comparison. Mm. Uh, I one day, there, a couple of years ago, I had this idea when everybody mm. was asking me to compare both tools because I've used both. Yeah. Um, oh, just just make a comparison, whatever. The idea I had was to make a blog series where I would build from scratch a dashboard in mm. Tableau. Mm. And in parallel, I would build it in Power BI as well. Okay. Um, but it didn't quite work because after a while, one of them was ready. The other one wasn't. Mm. And I had so much to say about the backend side of how those things would be enabled yeah. um, that it kind of became this gigantic thing. <laughs> It would take years to go yeah. through the comparison the way I wanted yeah. because it's it's it they they it, it can you know the comparison can start like this oh okay I have the same requirements but then they go like that yeah you know? yeah and and after a while it's just not comparable even if after some time they converge back and you have yeah. a very similar looking result in mm -hmm. the end yeah the path you go is just That's completely interesting. just completely different. Yeah. So you should write an article about why you couldn't write the blog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just take it one step <laughs> further out, you know. That. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's... oh, all these comparisons are rubbish. That's not how any of that works. <laughs> <laughs> we can rescue it somehow. We can get we can get content out, out of that experiment. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. It, it would become a book. So I, I, I was, oh, no, it, it's, I don't have time for this. <laughs> ah. Man, we're also looking for a new good database book or some kind of content book for sure. Um, yeah, that's quite cool. I want to actually ask you about um, Nightingale, the um, the magazine that you write for. That's published by the Dataviz Society, correct? Yes. That's quite it's, cool. It's um, the magazine from the Data Visualization Society. Yeah. Um, the Data Visualization Society is amazing mm. if you if you can become a member please do they the job they do for the field is mm. unique um they are a non a non for for non non for profit ah i, no. I never know how to say that not word. a non-profit non or a not for non -profit. profit yeah non-profit organization that one <laughs> um, uh <laughs> because um so they 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 started from a desire um to have like a body of work for data visualization mm. as a field, because you do have more of an understanding when you say data science or data engineering, but data visualization is this is still this kind of muddy, mm. very uh, under formation type of area, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the data visualization society kind of um, brings everybody together into like common ground of sorts. Okay. And they have this amazing publication. It's mm. an online publication and they also have the magazine, which mm. I have all here in the bookshelf oh, it's in this corner here yeah all right. nice. <laughs> um they um they do the printed magazine as well yeah. it's it's awesome because it's a collection of work um from several different approaches of mm. data visualization there's people who work with tools there's people who do physical database there's people who That's teach cool. database there's you know kids they have kids challenges which is super that's right that's really cool um, so they work, the work they do is is awesome. Yeah. Um, no, if you you're can... interested, please go for it. <laughs> you, you you posted about it on on some social media like a month or so ago. I was like, looked interesting, signed up. It's very cool. I really like it. Though I've, I must admit, I've never bought the magazine. I do want to every time I see it. Like, should I buy it? I will next time, but I never have. It does look very cool. Um, but it's really nice. I um, 
as someone who is interested in, in data visualization and tries my best to, to, to learn as much as I can, I do feel sometimes that it's strange, like to sit in this position that like you mentioned about data science, data engineering and stuff that, um, people care more about data visualization, but I think when the, and it comes in the conversation about data uh, engineering, data science and data analysis that people say, yeah, it's really important and we like it, but it's not as important as all these things. So it's kind of difficult like to like keep it in the conversation sometimes, you know? I don't agree yeah. with that, by the way. I just, it's something that it's like a barrier to kind of well, talk about it, you know? It is a fact, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it comes from, well, there's, there's several theories of where that comes from, right? Yeah. Um, the Data Society runs every year a survey um, called mm -hmm. the State of Industry, where one of the questions um, is, uh, what do you think are the biggest, um, I think something like, what do you think are the biggest barriers for data visualization to grow as a field or something okay. like that? Um, and one of the answers is data vis doesn't have a place on the table. Mm. And, and it's usually one that ranks very high. Mm. Um, so a lot of people have that same sentiment um, that when you're working with data visualization, um, people tend to value a lot the back end side of things, but yeah. not as much the front end. And mm. my own personal theory for that um, is two ways. First is that the return on investment for data visualization specifically is harder to measure. So if you have, if you're working with a business, um, it is easier to hard to say the impact of having a clean data set mm. and having a data set that's well-maintained and well-governed in the backend, then it is to prove that displaying that either as a bar or a line chart is different. <laughs> yeah. You know, or that, um, it made their lives easier to have a dashboard. And a dashboard is never just the work of one person. Um, the data needs to be clean. It needs mm. to be good. It needs to be governed. But you have the visualization on top. So it's really hard to split that work and say, mm. well, there was um, the, the front end part is just as important as the back end. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. I wonder if you could ever, I mean, I'm sure there are companies out there who do it. I've never works with them of course to have a a separate position for just data visualization person data visualization is yes that's the ideal thing but mm. if um if they don't see it as necessary like if mm. management doesn't see it as necessary um and this is where my talk was going exactly like there's also the thing that in corporate environments it's always a crunch for cost yeah and because of the way vendors mainly um, justify mm. that tools are going to solve everything for them. And mm. if you just throw money at BI tools, BI tools are going to do everything. It's going to be great. Now it's <laughs> AI. You know, AI yeah. is going to do everything. Um, when, you're, when you're working with it, you know that's very far from the truth. Course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the... the um, what... what a, what was my trail of thought? So the, the, the thing is that people who are sold on the idea that the tools are doing the work and not the people involved are doing mm. the work, believe that one poor analyst is capable of being an architect, a scientist, an engineer, and a visualizer. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, and this is not true. You need a yeah. team of like four or five, six people, depending on the complexity of the work. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that a visualization should be its own field. Hmm. But, and that's my second point. Uh, it's about design. So a lot of people tend to believe that design is superfluous because they think it's just about making it pretty. Mm. And this is something that I, I even put like on the top of my website. There's like a little roundy thing saying it's much more than just pretty charts. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about pretty charts. It's not mm. about it look good. Although looking good um, drives engagement. People like beautiful. They do. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. But it's not about that. It's about mm. fun. Yeah. And it's about making things easier and more mm. accessible. Yeah. Uh, it's about bringing people into the machine side of things um, but since a lot of the data viz discourse um, goes around making things look really good um, some people tend to see that as superfluous as like okay. oh no and, and I get that a lot when I get work and people go no but you don't need to make it pretty just do mm. it rough quick as if pretty equals taking a long time and costing more yeah uh, which is not true. Yeah. Interesting. Um, on, that, on, that, on that topic, like the discourse around data visualization, what things within that conversation of data visualization, what things annoy you the most? What that stand out is the things that you hear the most that are just very wrong for you? Uh, pie charts are bad. Okay. <laughs> I thought that might be up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I really think it's not productive to blame a chart type for the fact that people don't know how to use it. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, no chart, no no chart is bad in itself. Um, there is a lack of. Um, I think Alberto Cairo called it graphicacy, which is the literacy of reading charts and using charts. Mm. Um, and and. It's really not the chart's fault. Mm. I mean, angle is harder to read, but we've been reading pie charts forever, and I have proof. A clock, a watch, your wristwatch, a round mm -hmm. watch is essentially a pie chart. It cuts time with two little X's, and mm -hmm. what you're reading is the angle. It's just that it has a very nice, neat, round X's split in 12 pieces. But I <laughs> I maintain that the reason pie charts are so verbally abused as being terrible is because they're so actually abused when people use them. That like it is the most in. I think of all the visualizations that you that you see often, the pie chart is for me is the one that is most misused. Yeah, yeah. I, I blame the advent of three D pie charts in Excel for that. Three <laughs> D exploding and yeah. uh, like why? Who made that decision? <laughs> it it was the generation of word art. You know, people were just getting carried away. That was when all that was happening. Yeah. You know, it's like we do it because we can, and it's like three D, and that's awesome. And I don't know. Yeah, it's... yeah. Uh, so that's one thing that really annoys me because um, it's also there's this thing that when you say when you are seen as an expert in a field, and you say you hate something like mm. very strongly, you say, "Oh, everybody who uses bar chart, uh, mm. who uses pie charts are dumb," or something like that. Um, it stays with the people who are new to the field as well. I've and yeah. Then, yeah, and then they start saying that, but they don't really know why. Um, and I'm always questioning, like, why are pie charts bad? Like, why, why? I agree with that really strongly. And it's for me, because what I was going to say before you brought that up um, is that I think there are certain things 
in the industry that people like to say because it's something that someone said and then it becomes like a half joke and then you get it on a badge and a sticker and it becomes like a kind of group that you kind of like half jokingly belong to for a little bit of like a bit of a laugh and stuff but what you said is very accurate people hear that people who don't know people are just entering the discussion entering that area and people you have this you're for or you're against pie chart now you need to make it make a decision or now you already have the idea that potentially might be bad. For me, it's the same thing as people who work with Power BI constantly saying that DAX is hard, right? If you repeat yeah, it, yeah. For, if you repeat it yeah. forever, people will just believe it to be true. It becomes true because people say it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, DAX is not, uh, it, it is as hard as learning any other language. I think the problem is that again it's the expectation like people yeah. enter with an expectation that the tool is going to do everything for you and then they're yeah. met with dax <laughs> but it, it dax can be hard but like most things can yes. be and I, I think i had this discussion before on twitter or somewhere and one of my basic point is 99 percent of the dax that you'll need will be really basic dax it's like that one percent of the time that'll be something that that stumps you but for the, yeah. most reporting DAX is very, very straightforward. And that and that is true for almost anything that visualization. So again, the pie chart's kind of an edge case. Um, mm. pretty much like some edge cases and 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 decks make it seem really complex. Uh, but uh, you know, like I don't know, 85% of my work is just calculate some this field and then a filter, you know. <laughs> It's really, yeah. and after a while, there's even things like Dex patterns. Um, mm. After a while, it is a pattern. And after you understand the pattern, you just basically copy and paste that stuff across. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you, don't really, you don't really do much with yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Um, so it can, it can be hard if you want to understand deeply what it does. And if you think that being proficient in Power BI means that you can stare at a problem and then suddenly just write this text that is like 25 lines long and you know mm. it's it's if you have that image of being good at power bi mm. then yes it's going to be very hard getting there mm. but my image of being good is my work is used it is adopted people yeah. actually make sense of it it yeah. achieved its function and its purpose mm. uh, it reached its audience and Whatever I had to Google before I got there, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, of course. What? It has to be, otherwise everyone would be unemployed. Okay. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But actually, you're completely right. If it's if it's used, it worked. That's it. You know. Yeah. So it's 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 a it fair point. The, it may not be the most elegant solution, and I'm pretty sure my solutions are very not elegant, but mm. they work. <laughs> my, for me, what's really difficult is having lots of ideas of how things are going to work well but then actually making it work with every single visualization on the page right you know to kind of keep it like a, a consistent flow sometimes i get a bit worried that oh, i'm using like layout? You know, yeah like layout but like we're using certain visualizations with uh, with other visualizations like i get concerned oh have have i used too many of that on the page i have to use too many of this i don't want to make again you know just bar charts for, ex for example yeah, uh, it's really, difficult. Uh... It's funny that you say that. Um, whenever I'm teaching people how to create good dashboards, mm. there is one design principle that I always bring up, um, and it's repetition. Okay. Repetition is not bad. Sometimes 
if you have, say, a dashboard and it has six metrics in it, mm. um, if somebody is going to read all those six metrics, familiarity helps them a lot. Uh, and sometimes people want to make like a dashboard that has 10 different visuals in it and they're all different for mm. just the reason of them being different. Yeah. Uh, and then it's much hard to coordinate them. Mm. But repetition <clears throat> in design is something that's usually very uh, effective. Mm. If you have a KPI, make all KPIs look exactly the same. Mm. Because then the person uh, looking at it, they're going to look at the title and they know that's a KPI. They can from a distance or very quickly um, know that everything mm. that looks like that is a KPI yeah. or they can very quickly they just need to learn one chart type say a bar chart um, and they know that this axis means one thing and this axis means mm. another thing and the length Fair of enough. the bars are telling them something and then yeah. if they have to look at six different ones the mental model they created for that chart remains the same they're just changing the information that's being displayed mm. so it makes easier for people to read and it's mm. easier to lay out <laughs> It's true. I just, I, I always kind of want to do something that, that's a little bit, maybe stands out. But then if I want to have something to stand out, then I can put that in a different, but yeah. And, and there are so yeah. many things. It's just, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, that part where you're like, I have to stop now because otherwise I will spend forever working on the final finishing details. And it's like, yeah, okay, step away. Ah, that visualization is never done. It, it's no. just that you stop working at a certain point. At a certain point, to just say it's enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's never really done. That's true. <laughs> it's like the, those projects, like your, the the passion projects that people work on. Like mine is like this um, football one. You know, Jeff does the um, the baby the baby names and stuff. Um, but like this, I change it. I use it. It's on my website. I know that people use it as well because it's it's for um, fantasy football. But I just constantly update bits and pieces just for the sake of doing it. I think it's just sad. I know it's just, it's my project. I'm really the only one who cares, but I just kind of released that part of me where I just need to change and improve and try and practice and, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes yeah. for, for the few other people who use it, quite often they must think, where's this come from? What, what's this new thing that just appeared? Because I didn't ask them. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, when you're doing a passion project, I think it's a good place to experiment as well. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of ideas that I kind of implemented later um, mm. at my job that made people go like, wow, that I actually came up with mm. while I was doing stuff that only my eyes ever see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think yeah. my, my plan for my, my football report is that next season it's going to be like all, um, all Deneb. I've been slowly moving it up to a, a completely Deneb report, and I think it's pretty much pretty much there now, which is which is quite nice. Um, nice. Yeah. And one of my, um, my previous colleagues, he saw my website that I had a page just for Deneb visuals, and he was like, this is your work? I was like, yeah. And he said, this is what you show to people to show that, you know, how to do things. I was like, just like a, like a gallery. He's like, oh, okay. He said, I think you want to make it a lot better. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, to be fair, I kind of, I got to the point where at first I was remembering that other people were looking at it, but then I kind of forgot and I was just using it as like my playground and it was a bit of a character. I think I'd, I'd gone too far with experimenting to see if I could, you know, when, once yeah. you have like up numbers that rotated by the value and also like color gradients, it was just like this explosion of just Vega light dinner because I could, it was ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, but not everything. And this is, uh, you asked me what annoys me with right, um, yeah. visualization discourse. This is the second thing that annoys me very much, okay. that everything needs to be best practice all the time. Mm, fair enough. Uh, the who defined that those practices are the best? Best for whom? Best? Yeah. Why? Why are they best? So mm. it's 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 good to use personal projects to challenge um, yeah, those sure. types of things. I, I, I feel like, you know, <laughs> of course, when you're working with a client, you're more concerned into um, attending their requirements and what they need, and you need to meet them where they are. So if if all they understand are line charts, well, mm. yeah, it's gonna be all line charts. But if you can if you can bring um, more experimentation to the field as well, because you did that experimentation yourself before, yeah. um, that's very good. Yeah, that's a very good way forward. And yeah. I think I find that with the experimentation, it also like reveals things that I didn't know I liked that I start to do. Like um, I created one bar chart and I just used, used really for no reason, just some massive numbers just to like really like make them bold, like so they really stood out. Um, and I'd never really, really done that before. And I kind of said, oh, cool. So I might just start bringing that into not like not really huge, but like a scale down of the extreme, you know. And it was just a different, it's just a small things that kind of like like creep in. It kind of reminded me when I was doing my A-levels, I studied theater, yeah? And one of the things we did one week was like this technique of like, you do what you've been rehearsing, you're practicing, but you do this like really extreme version of it. Like instead of talking, you're like shouting, you're screaming just to kind of like, to kind of like find a range of where you can take the character or whatever, I can't remember. But it was kind of like that, you know, kind of do my normal job, but like a really extreme loud version of it, just to see this anything that I usually wouldn't do that is actually quite cool. Um, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 nice. I, I, I like it. I love when people post risky stuff on, on social media as well. Um, I really dislike when people go, oh, this should have been a bar chart. I say, yeah, everybody could have been a bar chart. Yeah. Like, yeah, where's the fun, right? Where's the fun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, the world could be in black and white. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's um, a fun experiment. But it's the thing. It's also that's one of the things that frustrates me sometimes. Though has in the past when you um one of actually one of the first points about you know working on work stuff. Um, if I ever have a time where I'm really busy and I don't have like time to do any of my personal stuff when I'm really just doing those very standard visuals, then it gets like quite frustrating because you just want to do something that's, and you haven't got time to kind of like play around. You just got to like do it, you know? Um, but I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was happy now that like the, my new boss, he really is interested in data visualization, which was really cool for me because I get to use Deneb and stuff everywhere at work. I said, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm, do I'm doing it. Which means, of course, I have to organize a data training, I suppose. But what are you going to do? That's just what needs to be done so I can do some nice data mm -hmm. visuals. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe one day we'll be doing it with D3. We shall see. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I can't, I can't wait to have it like at a level that I'm comfortably showing people what I'm doing, <laughs> um, which is very far right yeah. now. <laughs> that's... Yeah, no one's expecting anything amazing and so quickly, I don't think. When we've been talking in the past minute, I've moved something on my other screen and I've realized that on your website, mm. the data visualization, I never noticed this before, the S changes, it toggles between an S and a Z. Yes. I love that. 
I love it's that because so much. I'm not a native English speaker. And yeah. when I first moved to New Zealand, I realized that the British use Z, uh, use S, S instead yeah. of Z for visualization. Yeah. And I remember somebody pointing out, like, oh, your slides have typos when you say visualization, like typos. What does he mean? And I looked for the typos and I couldn't find. Um, and then I realized he meant the Z and S. Mm. So, yeah. It's it's I have clients everywhere. I, like I have clients in different places, and yeah, I I I just decided like yeah, I do I do visualization with an S and with a Z. <laughs> I like it. I always I always get um, when I'm going to do a hashtag, I'm like, what should I do? It should I do with S or a, S or a Z. I do an S yeah. because I'm English, or Z because there'll probably be more of them. Um, so I normally end up doing the the Z for the reach, you know. It's like yeah. Sometimes you do both hashtags. You go like, no, I'm gonna pick both people. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard. I just I just change it. <laughs> I've come really close in the past couple of weeks to spelling color like an American because of Vega Light. I yeah. I never I never in my oh, life wrote color that way. Yeah. But when I do the code, yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, I I also hate it because even if I change the settings um, for. Uh, language check for for grammar check hmm. um i usually get the odd one where the the spelling is saying oh this word is wrong and then i'm, I'm gonna look at that it's just because it's flicking between us and, hmm. and uk yeah <laughs> crazy isn't nice but i i, I st at one point i kind of stopped caring because i was like um about the whole american us spelling stuff i was doing like football stuff a few years ago and a couple of the guys I was doing it with were American and they would always like like talk about like soccer and stuff and I was like you know what I just just don't care I call it soccer it just doesn't it really doesn't bother me at the end of the day you know it's just it's, it's, it's just I'll re I really try and keep my spelling and, and my version of, of correct but you you do and you, you say what you need to do you know it's just uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I can't go on a rant about everything. I can't, I, I can't care about everything. It would, be, it would be too exhausting, you know. So, I'll, I'll stick to what's important. I'll try my best anyway. Um, yeah. wise viz, it can. What is this saying here? If it can be a bar chart, it probably should be. The secret is to make sure it can't be one. Yeah. See. See. I like and, it. And then, the, and then the discussion goes into like, hmm, but I still don't like it. <laughs> You can't yeah. make people happy. No. Just experiment and turn off your notifications after. <laughs> if you, if you can make half of the people happy, that I would be like I'll be quick. Like, okay, that's Ooh. that's me ahead. I'm out. I'm done. Well, half half is half's good, right? A very good measure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love you it. just assume that at least seventy five percent of people on Twitter are always angry at something. True. <laughs> but I t I tell you the the most annoying thing about half is that. It looks terrible on a pie, pie chart, right? <laughs> terrible. It's like oh. the worst thing. Well, if it, it has to have some kind of for me, if it's 50 50 straight line, it has it to just be an angle somewhere. Has yeah. to be an angle. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining. It's been over, over an, uh, an hour, and I always lie and say it's gonna be four. I should stop sending invites for forty five minutes, actually. It's it's I'm starting just to lie to everyone now, um, but <laughs> thank you so much for joining at seven o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. I really appreciate it. it oh, was... thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, this was absolutely fun. no. I was really looking forward to it. Data visualization chat always one of my favorite things, and um, of course everyone in the chat who also many of whom got up at seven o'clock in the morning as well or 
other early time. Thank you so much. It was great for everyone to be here. Always makes the conversation much more interesting, especially with all yeah. the, the questions and what have you. And uh, yeah, T from Data Rocks. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ben. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.